What's up, everybody? It's Chris Sonorato. It's Ashley Miller. We are live at Tipsy Moose in Albany. Sweet 16 special here on the News Channel 13 Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube pages. And we got a crowd. We, we've got some people yeah, here we having lunch at Tipsy Moose in Albany. Yeah. All right, don't overpower the important things I have to say here, people. We've got a lot to say here. It's uh, our thanks to Pick 6 Vodka for hosting this event. Our guy, Rob Terrio, of course, the owner of Tipsy Moose. And uh, Ash, we'll get things rolling here on the uh, the first night of the Sweet 16. Yes, absolutely. I think, listen, these games have been fantastic already. We've seen a ton of upsets. But we're starting in the West. Is that where we're starting? We'll start in the West. Hold that thought, okay. though. You're watching Honorado and Company on the News Channel 13 Facebook, Twitter, yes, you YouTube are. pages. And on Saturday nights on my four. is Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpen House. And we are live at Tipsy Moose in Albany. Four Sweet 16 games on Thursday, four more on Friday, and then, of course, into the Elite Eight. And before you know it, we'll be in the Final Four and talking about the National Championship game. But it's Chris Honorado. It's Ashley Miller. And, yes, we are going to start with the West region, same way we did last week, Ash. We started with the number one overall seed, and that is Gonzaga. So let's take a look here uh, at the West. And, man, our, our guy John Conlon in graphics just doing great things each and every week. Zags had a little bit of an issue early on with Memphis. I think they were down at the half in this yep. game, but they ended up winning there by four. Still wasn't easy. Arkansas, the four seed, gets through as well. And that is our first matchup of the night, the one versus the four, Gonzaga and Arkansas. You give the Razorbacks any shot in this one. Uh, I'm going to say yes, but I, I still, I think the big question that everyone asks in this tournament and for good reason is when is Gonzaga going to win the big game? So I wouldn't be surprised if Gonzaga gets knocked off here, but I don't think this is where it happens. I think the Zags are, are too strong. They're too big. Chet Holmgren obviously going to be a top two or three pick in the NBA draft. coming up. Uh, so I think the Zags get it done this time around after that. I'm not so sure. Okay. I'm with you here on Gonzaga, too. As much as I love Arkansas, and you know I do, and Eric Musselman and, and how good he has been at Nevada and now Arkansas, um, to me, Gonzaga is just too good. They're not as good as last year, but they're too good for this matchup in particular. It would be the next round where yep. maybe, maybe, maybe there's a little bit of a trip up. How about that? Texas Tech and Duke in the Sweet 16 out West. I'm not the only one who is using Texas Tech as kind of the hot and sexy pick uh, in this year's tournament. A lot of the analysts nationally were, and I've kind of ridden that train, and I'm happy that I've ridden it so far. I am taking Texas Tech, at least I did originally in my bracket, so I'm going to stick with it. I'm not one to change brackets once I've made the picks. I'm going to take Texas Tech over Duke. As you know, the last thing in the world I would ever do is root for Duke as a Syracuse fan, uh, but I do think Texas Tech gets it done, and this would be the end for Coach K, which is one of the huge storylines in this tournament. And Texas Tech is the favored team here, one point, so it's close no matter yep, what. But the people in Vegas say, hey, Texas Tech, is our favorite going into this game. I, I want to be with you here on the Red Raiders oh, too, Ash. I just, I think <laughs> I'm going to have a hard time picking against Duke here. They're, they're the more talented team, yes? 
Uh, yeah, I think so. But I'm not sure that Texas Tech is a good matchup for him. I, I would agree. Texas Tech is the best defensive team in this tournament. Duke is young in certain spots and maybe the most important spots. And so I'm kind of with you that, that if I'm leaning one way, and I did in my bracket, I picked Texas Tech okay. to win. So you this changed game. your mind here. A so little. I think I'm going to stay with my pick in the bracket and go, same as you, Gonzaga and Texas Tech in the West region in tonight's week. And if you're games. watching on Saturday, you're going to know whether we're right or wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter, as you can see on the screen there, and, and let us know just maybe how wrong we were. All right, the next region we're taking a look at here, the games that take place Thursday night in the South region. Arizona's the one seed. Uh, they beat TCU. That was a heck of a game oh, in a overtime. Game. And they get a difficult matchup here with Houston. What do you think? Yeah, I'm taking Arizona. This is my, for me, this is the top number one seed in the tournament. I, I would be on them further than the Zags. Like I said, I don't have a ton of faith in the Zags until they prove they can win the biggest game of them all, which they've yet to do. Uh, so Arizona is the number one seed that I'm that I'm riding all the way. Okay. Kansas, I really like too, but I'm, I'm going with Arizona in this matchup. I like Houston, but not as much as I like Arizona. Yeah, I like Houston a lot. You heard me say to Will Brown last week, I was in love with Houston last year. Now I just kind of have a crush on the Cougars. <laughs> it's not as serious as it was last year. Kelvin Sampson. How about him taking his shirt off? In the locker room. I know. We Did don't need that. that? Yeah. No, we won't show it. Let's keep we the shirts on it. coaches, people. <laughs> um, but I love the job that Kelvin Sampson has done. Uh, he's been phenomenal with this program yep. right now. But I'm with you. Arizona's the more talented team. Uh, Kerr Kresa, am I saying that right, is back for Arizona. Played well enough in that TCU game. So I like the fact that he runs the show for the Wildcats and he's healthy enough to keep playing. Give me Arizona here. Michigan Go ahead. I was going to say, how about the job? You talk about the job Kelvin Sampson's done. How about the job T Tommy Lloyd has done taking over a program year number one? And listen, it was a talented program to begin with, but this is a Gonzaga assistant coach 20 years under Mark Few, and he comes into a new program. And oh, by the way, they're the number one seed and maybe on a collision course to meet his former team. And that was an Arizona program that was in some yeah. trouble, yeah, to say the, the least, right? Yep. Okay, how about... Um, down Michigan. below that, Michigan's yep. the 11th seed. A lot of people said they don't even deserve to be in the tournament, let alone just skip the the first four. But here they are in the Sweet 16 as an 11. Villanova is the two. And, of course, they are led by senior leadership on this squad and Jay Wright, who knows how to get done every March. Yeah, and listen, there's nothing maybe more synonymous, at least recently in March, than the Villanova Wildcats. I was not one of those people who thought Michigan did not deserve to be in. Um, I'm, I tend to lean towards Power Fives getting in uh, as opposed to not. This is very similar to me of my Syracuse teams from a few years ago when they would get in as an 11 or 10 seed and make a run in the tournament. This is what Michigan's done. I've been surprised by it, yes. But I think this is also where it ends. Villanova is Villanova, and Jay Wright has him clicking again. Gillespie's one of the best players in the yes. country at this point. Um, and I think it, it ends up being Villanova. So I'm leaning more chalk, especially on this side of the bracket, than I am the other side. I'm on Villanova, too. Um, I did have Tennessee beating them in my As bracket originally. But now that we've got <laughs> Michigan and Villanova, I'm going to go with the two seed here in Villanova. And you said it. It's Colin Gillespie for mm -hmm. me. The guy is going to make big shots. He's going to make big plays when it's absolutely necessary. And so give me the Villanova Wildcats to win that matchup uh, with Michigan 
tonight, Thursday night, if you're watching here live, and yep. we hope that we are on the News Channel 13 Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube pages. As Ash said, if you're watching Saturday on my four, you'll know. You already know what happened. The Elite Eight is ready to rock. And why aren't these people <laughs> talking about the Elite Eight? Well, you can make fun of us, or you can say, boy, that, that's a couple that's of smart, really, people there. They know exactly uh, what they are doing. All right, let's keep things going here. Andrew Catalan is our guest coming up on today's show. We'll talk with Cat about that call oh. that the cheerleader saves the day in the first round matchup between Indiana and St. Mary's. If you've been following the tournament, you know exactly what we're talking about here. Andrew Catalan coming up in about 20 minutes or so. So hang out for that. And a major trade in the NFL that we will still get to yep. here as well. We are live from Tipsy Moose in Albany. And Ash, let's give him a little bit of a look here. Here we yeah. are. Rob Terrio, our wave. guy. Yep. We got Doing some fans big, big in the things house. around the capital region with now three Tipsy Moose locations, Troy, Latham, and here we are in Albany and our sponsor, Pick Six Vodka, making it all happen for us. Shout out to Holly and Adam and Serge and Clea and everybody involved with Pick Six Vodka and Saratoga Courage Distillery, our sponsor here through the NFL season and now for March Madness as well. All right, so as we move on to Friday's, games yes. we are going to the east region north carolina knocks out baylor and i felt really good about that matchup in the tar heels in fact i picked it in my bracket would you believe that wow. and here the tar heels are now taking on a ucla team that made it all the way to the final four and as you have the bruins where this year i have the bruins in my original bracket all the way to the final four so while i really really like north carolina the way that they've been playing the way they finished the season i'm an acc girl at heart now i used to be a big east girl at heart i tend to lean toward acc teams the way they're playing makes me very worried about this matchup, but I'm not coming off the Bruins. I had them coming out of this side of the bracket, so I'm sticking with the Bruins to make it out of the East into the Elite Eight. Carolina's been playing really well, but to me, as your dad chants UNC, UNC yeah. they have been a little too Jekyll and Hyde for me throughout the year. Like I'm just, I'm a little bit damaged, if you will. I just feel like at some point they aren't going to play yep. what they need to be to be their best game, and so. Andrew will give us a little bit of insight into this matchup because yes. he has seen UCLA. What does he think of the Bruins? We'll find out. Where are you going? Give me UCLA. Okay. Give me so UCLA we're both on here. UCLA, yep. But would we be surprised no. if it's UNC? No. no. Ca me neither. Carolina's inside game is what is giving me pause yep. here. They, they, Baycott and Man. Anik might give UCLA some real problems yep. in this one, but I'm going to take the guard play of the Bruins here. Haquez and Campbell um, and Juzang, give me that trio to lead UCLA into the Elite Eight. Listen, Akron gave problems to UCLA in that first round. Can UNC use that blueprint? Can they use what Akron did defensively? Yep. Do they have the personnel to do what Akron did defensively? I'm sure they do. It's just a matter of whether or not they're going to do it. Can they use some of that to disrupt uh, the Bruins? Because Akron did a really good job at making UCLA uncomfortable in round one. Yep. All right, St. Peter's. Hello. 15 seed. Back-to-back -back years now, a 15 seed has reached the Sweet 16. It was Oral Roberts a year ago, remember? Okay, can the Peacocks do it again? Now looking at the third seed, Purdue, 
Purdue with a lot of size inside. Yeah. Is that going to be an issue for a St. Peter's team that we know well here on the MAC yep. and a team that really plays good defense? Can they keep it low scoring enough where they stay in this game throughout? I don't know. They didn't need low scoring against Kentucky, okay. but I understand the difference with a, a team like Purdue. I'm going to say this is where it ends. But at this point, everyone has counted St. Peter's out from the first round to the second round, now into the Sweet 16. So I'm not going to say, again, I'd be surprised if they take out Purdue, but I do think the size is the biggest issue facing the Peacocks, who have, by the way, I think blown a lot of people's minds in this country because, honestly, they weren't even the best team in the MAC all year right. long, and now they're going out there and playing with the Blue Bloods, which is hard to believe. And full disclosure, I had Kentucky winning it all. So, <laughs> so your uh, bracket is at so this busted. point, I just, I'm rooting for Shaheen Holloway, yeah, and, and that wasn't my question to you, is who are you rooting for? It's who right. are you picking? I would would pick Purdue in this matchup, but I am rooting for Shaheen Holloway and St. Peter's. I tend to root for madness in March Madness. Give me the madness. Yeah, I would look. I would love to see things continue for St. Peter's. So we'll see what happens on Friday uh, in that We'll also ask Andrew about that. He's in Jersey. We'll we'll get his take on St. Peter's and, and the madness that has ensued down there. Exactly. All right, the Midwest here. The number one seed is Kansas. They look really good. And I know they played a close one against Creighton, but I like the way the Jayhawks are playing going into this tournament. That includes the Big 12 conference tournament as well. We're on Kansas here. Can we move past that one? Or are you giving Providence a shot? No, I mean, I think everyone has, has a, shot a shot at this point, but I'm also on Kansas. You talked about it last week. The return of Remy Martin could be the difference maker for them the, throughout the rest of the tournament. Uh, I liked Kansas. I have them as my national champ going in, so I'm not jumping off the Kansas bandwagon. Then an 11 and 10. This okay, is let's have some fun with it here. Look, I've liked Miami for a long time. I had the, I picked them to cover against Auburn, but certainly didn't think they would win against Auburn. But they were impressive in that victory over the Tigers. And then Iowa State, a team that has just made life difficult mm -hmm. on its first two opponents. This may not be the prettiest game, Ash, but it should be a close one and a really good one. Yeah, and listen, guess who has Miami in their Elite Eight right from the jump? That's me. Wow. So I'm not coming wow. off Miami here because I want like crazy to be right about this team. Uh, Iowa State is very good. Again, I would not be surprised if they come out of it. I love the fact that we have an 11-10 in the Sweet 16. That, to me, is just what this tournament is all about. But I'm sticking with Miami. I'm sticking with everyone I had in my brackets because my bracket looks okay still. Okay. Well, you're in better shape than me. That's for darn <laughs> sure. Uh, I will take Miami here, though, too. They're the better team. Uh, and I think they're just able to do enough in this game. As much as I think Iowa State will keep it close, the ACC doesn't look so bad here all of a sudden, does it now, people? I mean, I know all year long it was like, ah, ACC's down. I don't know that there's really even one good team in this conference yeah. if people weren't necessarily buying into a team like Duke. But all of a sudden, and Notre Dame was awfully close to getting it done against Texas yeah. Tech. You could have had a bunch of teams from the ACC into this Sweet 16. You already have Duke, Miami, North Carolina. Uh, so Virginia Tech I, was in, got yeah. bounced early. So I, I, I think the league is showing itself a little bit here. There's some yeah. validity for sure, right? I think so too. I mean, listen, we went in thinking the SEC was the best team in the our best league in the yeah. country, conference in the country, and I think they still are. And the Big 12 has showed that it has some power too. You get a team like Iowa State making a run to the Sweet 16. I still never, I'm never one to doubt the ACC. You put a team like that in. 
and chances are they can make a run. And we saw it with Notre Dame winning a couple games, and now we've got another. So uh, never count the ACC out. I, I like Miami. All right, let's give you a look here inside Tipsy Moose in here. Albany. People are out for lunch. Uh, noon tip for us here on Honor Auto and Company on the News Channel 13 Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube pages. Thanks for hanging out with us as we've got a bunch of live on location shows planned here through the rest of March Madness and even to get you ready for the Masters and all that is courtesy of Pick 6 Vodka and Saratoga Courage Distillery. When we come back here, we're going to talk about a major trade in the NFL. Yep. How much does it change the AFC West? How much does it change the AFC overall. Chris Honorado and Ashley Miller back right after this. You save, you score. It's March Mania at Alpenhaus RV. Get ready for camping season now with blockbuster deals on new motorhomes and towables from an all-star lineup of RV brands like a new Catalina travel trailer for only $2.22 a month. Now that's a slam dunk. Don't forget, all 2020 and newer RVs come with our exclusive lifetime warranty. Buy now and get 30 nights of free camping plus free storage till spring. Don't this March Media at Alpenhaus RV, your total camping outfitter. At Marcello's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Genair, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. And now, back to Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpenhouse. Live from Tipsy Moose in Albany, it's Chris Honorado, it's Ashley Miller, and a little update to the show here. You can see the new name, Honorado and Company, on the News Channel 13 Facebook, Twitter, YouTube pages, and on my four. Uh, unfortunately, Sean is no longer with the station. He's moved on. And so the show continues here, but we're lucky to have somebody like Ashley that uh, through, I think, marital vows yeah. is required. This is, this is what I signed up for. To help out every now and then. Okay. So Ash will be with us this week and next week as well. Uh, as next week, we're live from Alpen House. So stay tuned for that one as we get you ready for the final four at that time. And we'll be awfully close to opening day in Major League Baseball. But Ash, you know, well, let me do, let me do something first before sure. I tell you that you know the NFL never takes a season off. And no. certainly doesn't. Sam's watching. Sam, good afternoon, buddy. Sam. Yes, they step up in class. There's no doubt about that. Ash finally making some of us look good. Jeff Casey, what up, man? Good to see you, too. Thanks for hanging out. All right, so the NFL never takes a break, as we know. No. And the bombshell dropped Wednesday that Tyreek Hill was given permission to seek a trade because he wanted to become the highest paid wide receiver in football. The Chiefs didn't want to do that necessarily. And so here we are, the Dolphins now getting Tyreek Hill for five draft picks this year, coming up in April, a one, a two, and a four. And then next year, a four and a six. So five picks going from Miami to Kansas City. Who wins this deal? You know what? Honestly, I like it for Miami. Uh, and that's going to sound crazy, but this is a team, a Miami team that's on the rise. They have weapons. He's going to join a guy like Jalen Waddell. Uh, Tyreek Hill is the fastest man in the league. Mm -hmm. And putting him on this team, 
gives Miami that extra something that they might need. Now, the question mark still for that team is the quarterback position. Can Tua throw to them? Do they want Tua to be the guy to throw to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? Uh, that is yet to be seen. But for me, Miami, those picks aren't that much. I understand the number five is a lot, but it's not like they gave up two first, two second. They gave up what they gave up to me was okay. If you think Tyreek Hill is the guy and he's going to be the game changer, I like that move for Miami. All right, how about this? Once again, Jets fans, they get their hopes <laughs> up. At least we re-signed Flacco. Yeah, here was the deal. The Jets also had an agreement with Kansas City ready to go, and that was going to be up to Tyree Kill. It was it was pretty darn close. The Jets weren't offering a first round by all reports out there. Um, and so, look, if you're Kansas City, you're going to take the first-round draft pick for sure when you uh, weigh the two against one another. For me, who wins? It, 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 this feels like a lot to give up for a wide receiver. Okay. Not only that, but now you're making things difficult in terms of the salary cap. Yep. Right? Signing other people. I got a I get thirty that. million dollar receiver, and seventy-two of it's guaranteed. So don't look at the four one twenty yep. and say they've got to pay him all one twenty. But seventy-two of it's guaranteed, and at least for the first couple of years, this is going to be difficult for Miami to do too much more. And you've already hit on it. I don't know that with Tua, he makes them good enough. Yeah, Buffalo's still the best team in that division. Yes. I, yes, I yes, I think so. New England after Buffalo, or you put Miami ahead of them? It'll be close. But I liked Miami last year along with – they were kind of a, a 2A, 2B for me, New England and Miami, um, and I like them more now than I did last year. Okay, let's talk about Kansas City because maybe this is more interesting, right? Patrick Mahomes wins the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and everybody's like, hey, can he win as many as Brady? Yeah. Well, nah, no. not as easy, people, okay? Yeah. And now you're taking away arguably his best weapon – I know everybody loves Travis Kelsey, and that's cool. But I think Kelsey got a lot of the underneath stuff yep. because of what Tyreek Hill did to defenses, taking two guys yeah, over the top, and especially a safety. Right. So where does this put Kansas City now, just in the division alone, Ash, in the AFC West? Yeah, I don't think Kansas City misses Tyreek Hill in the way that Tyreek Hill probably hopes Holmes? they miss him. Yes, okay. I think – I think Tyreek Hill ends up missing Patrick Mahomes much more than Patrick Mahomes misses Tyreek Hill because, look, now they have draft picks. Uh, they're never going to pick all that high up in the draft because of how good they've been the last few years. So this gives them a draft pick, extra draft picks, to maybe draft a wide receiver that's up the top. We know it's not a quarterback-heavy class, so there are going to be a lot of other positions flying off the board. I think the Chiefs do just fine. My guess is they do draft a wide receiver in some capacity, and, and this doesn't affect them at all. Obviously, they're in a very different division this year with the addition of Russell Wilson to the Broncos. This Things have changed a lot, but I still like where the Chiefs are. You like, do you like them to win this division? I will say yes for now. Okay. Yes. I mean, it, it, just based on everything you said there, yep. they, they would have to win the division. Yeah. Um, I'm on the Raiders here, and I know uh, prisoner of the moment. No, no, I get no. it. But I think Vegas – Give me the combination of what Josh McDaniels might be able to do with Derek Carr, and he brings his buddy Devontae Adams into town now. Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller. Give me, give me the Raiders here to win. To give me the Raiders to win this division. That are you putting the futures bet on this? Because I want to be will. able to remember. I will because I think they're like seven to one, so I, I, could, I could do okay on that. Okay. Now the last time I the last time I I bet any team to win a good. division, it was the Jets. Yeah. And Sam Darnold got uh, uh, mono. Mono. Thank you. As I say, yeah. COVID. It wasn't. 
It was mono. Yeah. So that's, that'll tell you how that went for me. I'm on the Raiders, though, here, taking a real shot to win the AFC West over the Kansas City Chiefs, yep. the Denver Broncos with Ross. And with, the if Chargers. the Chargers won it, all, won it all, won the division, would we be surprised now, right? No, I I wouldn't be surprised. Listen, Dave, all, this is a this is a quarterback dream of a division. This is, this is arguably the best division for quarterback play that there is. I'm not convinced that Russell has enough weapons to get that team to the next level. They might make the playoffs. Um, this is a listen, the Raiders and Chargers, we were we had that game to get into the playoffs last year that right. went down to the final second. And if they had just tied, they could have opened it. Um, this division is awesome, but I don't like the I like the Raiders less this year than I did last year, and I'm not really sure why. I just don't think they were as good as maybe people thought they were. Demonte Adams makes them better. No okay. Better. Jason's watching hey. as well. What's up, Jay, man? Good to see you too, buddy. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Honorado and Company, News Channel 13, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube pages each and every week on a Thursday. And then you can catch us Saturday nights on my four. Hope you find us, find a way to watch us each and every week, no matter what that way is, whatever's easiest for you. We are cool with that. All right, when we come back here, Andrew Catalan, our buddy, our going to join the show. He had the call of the tournament. Oh. The cheerleader saves the day, and what's even better is he predicted it. He was saying, get the cheerleader up there. All right, as we continue here, live from Tipsy Moose in Albany, Andrew Catalan, fresh off calling first and second round games in the NCAA tournament in Portland. He's our guest this week. That's next right here. Hang on, everybody. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face. Sharing laughs. At the campground. Getting wet. Relaxing together. The love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV. Bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. And now, back to Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. Major issues here in Portland. Why don't the cheerleaders, they're used to going up high. Then yes, get the cheerleader up. Get her up there. This is how you do it. Oh, she's got it. Oh, what a play. The cheerleader saves the day. And that's her one shining moment. The call of the tournament, far and away, and, and maybe the best call of a tournament game that I can remember, and it had nothing to do with action on the court. Not a Incredible thing. Incredible stuff uh, from Indiana, St. Mary's, and we have our new Tony Romo in sports, an announcer that predicts what is going to happen before it does, Ash. And he's a friend of ours, which is even better. And he's Thank a friend of ours, on. for sure. Yeah, we'll call him a friend. I don't know if he would admit to being a friend, but let's bring Andrew Catalan in to the conversation here. And Andrew, man, it's always so good to see you. And and I shouldn't be surprised that a big moment in March happened <laughs> and you are there courtside for it, man. Cheerleader saves the day. First, just hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm definitely friends with Ashley. Chris, yes. I'm not sure. That's fair. No, I'm great. It's great seeing you guys. Um, I miss you guys, and it's great to be here. Thanks for doing the show, man, as always. Um, 
take us to that moment because <laughs> an announcer has has two decisions to make, right? You just kind of explain what's happening or you go Kevin Harlan, cat on the field, and you're calling play-by-play of what's happening that is an actual game action, man. Did it? Did a switch go off in your brain or is that – were you just taken by the moment as the crowd really kind of got into it? I think it was all of that, Chris. I mean, you have to keep in mind, and you guys know, that we call four games on that first day. Right. And when you're on the West Coast, there's no break in between. So it's not like, oh, there's two hours between the day and night session. You just roll right into the next game. So that was our third game. You know, it's it's a marathon. You're trying to pace yourself, but it's already a long day. And, you know, to me, the ultimate thing is just to have fun, right? I mean, that's what these games are all about. It's a tournament that everyone can rally behind, whether you're a big college basketball fan or not. You want to see fun. You want to see buzzer beaters. You want to be in that moment. And that was just kind of the way that it, it transpired. I mean, the ball goes up there. It, I've seen it happen before. Usually it's, what, a minute tops. Yeah. They, somebody figures out or it falls down. And this ball just didn't want to come down, nor could they figure out a way to get it down. So I think um, – you know, what I've heard is that just the call just kept kind of building, building, and I probably got a little crazier and crazier as the, the time went on and it led to what it led to. So it was um, it was funny. I think I could have had four buzzer beaters, but nobody would remember that. And all anyone wants to talk about is the cheerleader, and that's fine. Good for her. And it was, yeah. it was certainly a lot of fun. Andrew, and we heard it, but I think the best part and the stuff that's come out on social media is seeing you like CBS has a camera on you guys and Laugh is sitting there just kind of like zoned in and you are fist pumping, standing, screaming. Is it funny for you to watch that back? And, and, and I think your name came up on Twitter more that day than I've ever seen of anyone else I know. Hmm. Well, yeah, our producer is Jonathan Siegel and I've worked with him the majority of the last uh, all all the tournaments I've called and he knows that I can be crazy and <laughs> it was his idea several years ago to put this camera in front of me and we've used it maybe a couple of times in the past it's nothing you know but he had that camera so um you know obviously the moment happened and 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 then the next day our day off everyone in the truck was like we're going to do something about this. And that's when they got the idea to put the box in me. And, and that yeah. kind of was another, uh, another thing out there. So I give Jonathan a lot of credit. He knows that I can be crazy and, and yeah, I'm nuts. I mean, like, look, there was a ball up there and I'm fist pumping and that's just kind of, I guess who, who I am and, and the way it turned it. out, but it was fun. Look, I appreciate and knowing you the way we do, I appreciate that, you know, you are, having fun with it and I'm sure allowing others to kind of laugh at it, but also with it. Um, the, are you're understanding though, right? The respect in the industry that you're getting off this, like that, that was brilliant. There was brilliance in that. And, and I'm not overstating it. Like a lesser announcer wouldn't have taken the opportunity to turn it into the moment that it was. What was Lapis's reaction after it kind of blew up everywhere? Yeah, so I don't check my phone when I'm on the air, um, but in a commercial break, I'll look specifically to see if there's you know an injury or a beat writer is tweeting something. But when I pulled it out after that next commercial break, me and Steve were like, "Whoa!" and uh, it was wild. And and he, 
you know, that's the beauty of this whole thing is that Steve and I, I mean, we've called over 300 games together now. I mean, it's that much. I mean, we started working together in 2013 and we do anywhere from 20 to 35 games a year. And I just feel like our chemistry and the way that we play off each other was suited for a moment like that. I mean, I really feel that he kind of lets me be goofy. He laughs. He chimes in. We go back and forth. We play off each other. And, um, you know, I, it was it's just uh, so great to have the same partner each and every year because I think in a moment like that, you know, if there was somebody else there who I'm not as familiar with, maybe the moment plays out differently. I don't know. But just I knew with Steve we're just so comfortable together that we can embrace a moment like that. People have already talked about the fact that this will be in one shining moment. It might be the shining moment of the tournament. And I think the best part is, is that it wasn't the basketball. Like cheerleaders never get any love, but the way that you did it, it was so endearing. And I think like good for that cheerleader, but also good for America for embracing something that wasn't like the X's and O's and people just really feeling good about a feel good moment. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, actually, to your point, the places that have decided to run with this, the Today Show, the Tonight Show, Good Morning America, I mean, those are not normally places where you'd find college basketball. So I agree with you on that. I'm, I'm happy for the the Indiana cheerleading squad. Uh, I'm happy for the sport. And again, I'm a small part in it just being goofy for 90 seconds. But um, it's been really neat to see the reception that it's received and the positive attention it's garnered. What gets overlooked is the fact that you predicted it, which, you know, (laughs) if you don't listen to the entire thing, you you miss that. Mm -hmm. So definitely people go back and and listen to it. All right, let's let's talk some basketball, man. Why? You don't want to keep talking about this? It's crazy. I I love talking about it. Sweet 16 and Elite Eight this weekend. Maybe let's talk some basketball. So you've done, obviously, the cheerleader call now. Uh, You went to what we thought was a college basketball game, but turned into a Taylor Swift concert. (laughs) <laughs> and you had courtside, ringside seats for a Big Ten matchup between Michigan and Wisconsin. I want to ask you yeah. about this Michigan team after you saw the the fight in them. Um, they're the 11 seed that everybody's like, wait a minute, they're not in the they're not in the first four. Do they even deserve to be in the tournament? And oh, by the way, we'll go win a couple of games here. This happens every year, doesn't it? Yeah, it's crazy, and you know. Um... You look at what happened, the fight that you referenced, and then Jawan Howard was suspended, and then they lose their first Big Ten tournament game to Indiana when they were up by 17 points in the second half. And, yeah, you're thinking before Selection Sunday, maybe the first four, um, and then certainly if they get in, they can't make a run. I give them a lot of credit because they had a lot, a lot of adversity down the stretch. Juwan Howard had a lot of adversity down the stretch. And for them to not only get in the tournament, but look great in their first two games and now be in the Sweet 16, it's a testament to the job that he's done and the players that they have. And also a lot of credit to Phil Martelli. I mean, he kind of held them together with those five, during that five-game suspension. They won a couple of games. Um, I think it could have really gone south. And remember, if they lose a couple of those games when Martelli's in charge, maybe they don't get in the tournament. So I think he deserves a lot of credit as well. And Hunter Dickinson is a a tremendous player. Um, And look, it's about getting hot at the right time. And they're really gelling right now. Uh, So a great job by the Wolverines. Uh, I had them getting beat, not even by 
just Tennessee. I had them getting beat by Colorado. So I was wrong there, but I've compared them to like a Syracuse team that gets in as a double digit seed and makes a run. I think those power conference, those power five teams are always dangerous no matter when you get them in the tournament. But Andrew, the 11 seed isn't even the most interesting seed in the sweet 16. It's the 15 seed from your home state of New Jersey, from Chris's home state of New Jersey rather. And what is it like there? It's the team everyone's talking about, the coach everyone's talking about. They beat Kentucky, and they looked really good doing it. It wasn't like a fluke. Not at all. And, you know, when they won uh, the game against Kentucky, I was with Steve Lapis and Andy Katz, who was our sideline reporter. And Andy, to his credit, right away said, I think that St. Peter's beating Kentucky is a bigger upset than UMBC beating wow. Virginia, even though it was a 16 against a 15. And when you think about the resources and everything that St. Peter's has to fight through, and you guys know them well from the MAC, um, you could certainly make that case. I mean, it's a small campus and a small gym, and they don't have a lot of resources. And so to go out there, not only beat Kentucky, but then get to the Sweet 16, it's just an incredible story. All the local news stations down here are going wild for it, pep rallies and whatnot. And um, what a job by Shaheen Holloway and this team. Again, a 15 seed, the MAC getting to the Sweet 16. It's just amazing, and I couldn't be happier for them. And, and not to steal the joy of what's happening with the Peacocks, but, like, of course, the stars would align that Kevin Willard moves on and there's an opening at Seton Hall, yeah. where, of course, Holloway played and took the Pirates to the Sweet 16. So if he doesn't get a bigger job, that one in Newark, is, well, where they play their home games anyway, is sitting right there for him. Isn't it incredible? Yeah, I mean, certainly connecting the dots, that makes too much sense. I don't know if there'll be something else for him or what he wants to do, but you know, I think that's a perfect fit if that's the direction that Seton Hall decides to go in. Yeah. All right. So go ahead, Ash. Uh, I was going to say, you've seen, we're, get to the teams that are still left here. You've seen quite a few of them, but the one that I'm interested in, Andrew, is UCLA. I have them in my final four. You saw them against Akron and then again in their next game. I wasn't overly impressed with UCLA in that game against Akron, and I'm not sure if it was more Akron's doing or what it was. I saw the very end of it, maybe the second half of the second half, the last 10 minutes of the game. Um, but they feel like a little bit of a sexy pick for people now for the Bruins to get through that bracket because it's opened up so much. What do you think about that team? Well, your eyes weren't deceiving you, Ash, because Akron played a heck of a game. They, they played their hearts out, and it wasn't UCLA necessarily having an off night. I give Akron a lot of credit. Then they came back, and they beat St. Mary's. Uh, but in that game, Jaime Jaquez got hurt. It appears he's going to play, but if he can't, that's a game changer for them. He is their glue. He is their guy. Not that they don't have other parts around him that are also very good. I think the big thing about UCLA is their experience. And I think that's why they won that game against Akron, because they were down late and they pretty much returned their entire team that went to the Final Four last year. And we talked to Mick Cronin about it, and even the players admitted it as much after the Akron game, that their experience under the bright lights last year helped them in that moment overcome a, a dangerous Akron team. So I definitely feel like the experience they have will help them. Mick Cronin's a, gr a, a great coach. And they play tremendous defense, and and that travels in March. I, I think that's their biggest advantage. Now, Johnny Juzang is not the Johnny Juzang that tore up the tournament a year ago. He had a good game in the second round. If he can build off that 
if Hawkes is healthy to give it a go. Tiger Campbell's a much better shooter now. I absolutely feel that they can get back to the final four. It's funny. I well, just full disclosure, I picked Kentucky to win it all. That's not going so well for me. I did <laughs> I did pick Baylor to win it all last year before John Crispin from ESPN uh, convinced me to to come off that. So I blame him. Um mm-hmm. but Gonzaga, the team that Baylor beat, my thought going into this tournament, Andrew, was they're not even as good as last year's Gonzaga team. But maybe, maybe that would be poetic in some way that Mark Few gets it done for the first time in his career with a team that everybody is saying is really good, but not quite as good as last year. How about Chet Holmgren or, or even just the steadiness of Drew Timmy? What is it about this team that you witness courtside that, that makes you say this one might be the special one? Yeah. I mean, every year he brings a Mark few brings a great team to the tournament. He's an excellent coach and they're not deep this year. Maybe that's the difference that what they have coming off the bench is a couple of freshmen and one junior. They they only go about eight deep if that. Um, So I think that's a big difference, but look, they were down 10 at the half against Memphis and Memphis was rolling and, 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 and they were in trouble. And Drew Timmy in that locker room at halftime got into the face of all of his teammates. And then you saw what happened after halftime. He came out and just didn't miss a shot and put the team on his back. And even though Holmgren is a lottery pick, um, it was Timmy who was the catalyst in leading them back against Memphis. It was Andrew Nemhard, their point guard, who doesn't get nearly enough credit for the job that he does. It was Rajir Bolton, a transfer who can hit a big three. Look, they're battle-tested. I mean, I understand that a lot of people look at their schedule and they say, well, they, they don't play in the best conference. The West Coast Conference was very good this year. St. Mary's didn't bring it against UCLA, but they're a really good team. San Francisco, Santa Clara, these teams that they played are, are really good teams. So I think the league is better than it's been, and that helps Gonzaga for a tournament test like this. And Look, if Drew Timmy's going to play like that and they can still win when Holmgren has an off night, there's no doubt they can win the whole thing. I still peg them as the favorite as we enter the Sweet 16. You talk about poetic. Um, we just had Oliver Pierce on a podcast, and he's a former SID at Gonzaga, spent 26 years there, I believe. And he was talking about how you get the potential for Gonzaga and Arizona. And how he wanted that because he wants to see Mark Few go up against a coach <laughs> in Tommy Lloyd that was his assistant for 20 years. I said, how could you it's want cruel. that? That's like picking against, like picking your favorite child. Could you imagine if Mark Few gets to the national championship game and standing across from him is a guy that he helped bring up who's done tr- a tremendous job with the Wildcats? <laughs> I can tell you Mark Few does not want that to Correct. happen. In fact, it almost happened in the second round mm. because in the first round, Memphis beat Boise State. Yep. And Leon Rice, who was nice. with Mark Few for 11 years, is now the head coach at Boise State. And the two of them had dinner two days before the opening round, and they talked about everything except basketball, mm-hmm. kind of dreading the fact that it could happen, but Boise State lost. So Arizona is an excellent team. That was a great game against TCU on Sunday night, but yeah. I don't I don't think that Mark Few wants to see Tommy Lloyd anywhere down the road here. I wouldn't want to either. You've got a full golf schedule ahead of you as well on CBS, so people look out for, for Andrew calling golf action here pretty soon with Sir Nick Faldo 
And of course, one of our favorites, Dottie Pepper, uh, as well, roaming the courses and the Masters is is not too far off here. Dude, it's always so great to see you, man. Thanks for uh, too, taking guys. time here with us. Uh, enjoy the little bit of break that you have here. Um, how was Portland, by the way? Just out of curiosity. First time there, I take it. It was, you know, and, and I said it about five times that I wish I had more time to explore yeah. because I just you I didn't get out it. much. Yeah. But it looked beautiful from my hotel window, which is where <laughs> I spent most of the five days I was there. I would love to get back. All right, buddy. Be good. Say hey to the family for us. And uh, and thanks again for doing this. All right, guys. Anytime. Good seeing you. If you're overweight, if you snore, don't wait for your next physical to find out you have sleep apnea. It could cost you your job. Call Dr. Frederick Dreyer at the Integrative Sleep Center for a game-changing alternative in sleep apnea treatment and get a good night's rest. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown. Wondering what to do now that your Philips CPAP was recalled? Dr. Frederick Dreyer has a safe and effective alternative treatment for sleep apnea. Just pop it in and get a good night's rest. Keep your quality of life. Call the Integrative Sleep Center today. We work with all insurances. And now back to Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. Welcome back now live at Tipsy Moose and a shout out to all of our sponsors here on Honorado and Company. Novice Clothing Company, you just saw their spot, the Integrative Sleep Center up in Boston Spa. Popeyes, and we'll get to the Louisiana Fast Minute here shortly. Uh, we are here courtesy of Pick 6 Vodka and Saratoga Courage Distillery. Of course, Alpenhaus is our title sponsor and has been from the very start on this program. And shout out to Marcellus Appliance Center. Ash, as you know, all of our appliances at home. They're from Marcellus. Johnny, Marcel, and Nick Madelone, a good dude over there as well. So thanks to all of our partners on this show for supporting us as we get closer to year two of this format and program partnered up with News Channel 13. All right, so Ash, as you know, each and every week yes. here, we do what we like to call the Popeye's Louisiana Fast Minute. I'm excited. You are the first one on the clock. All right, let's do it. Listen, this is me checking myself because the before the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament started, I said, you know what? I wish it was more like the men. I wish there was more parity. There's too many top seeds, too many ones and twos who are blowing teams out and advancing. And you know what? I couldn't have been more wrong because this year has been totally different. We've seen a 12 seed in Belmont upset Oregon. We've seen LSU get upset. We've seen Ohio State upset the Tigers. Creighton, the number 10 seed over second seed Iowa. Kim Mulkey out at LSU. Baylor is also out there. Is Kim Mulkey looking distressed because she just got bounced? We've got double-digit seeds on the women's side causing upsets all over the place. And you know what? The scores have been much, much more competitive. You still see a 40-point game here and there. But the women's game has quickly gone the way of the men's game, and the parity is on the rise, and I absolutely love it. It is great for the game. How about that? I mean, we have not had time number one right at the buzzer. 
we have not had anybody nail it right at the minute mark. What and I will guarantee you, as as I get into mine, I won't. I will certainly be over, I'm That's sure. Right. However, I love that you brought this to the table because it was one of the biggest reasons I never watched the women's tournament until mostly the final four, yeah. to be honest with you, Ash. Like, you knew each and every year at least – four of the six that we're going to get there. Like, you gave yourself, here, okay, here's six teams who could get to the final four, and always four of that group got there. And, and now you can't necessarily say that. Yeah. I'm not saying that South Dakota is going to go to the final four right. or even to the Elite Eight, but they've won a couple games I was going to say, as a 10 seed, they've won a couple games. And it, listen, it's no longer just UConn anymore, which is huge. The Iowas, who I know they got upset, but you've got teams like South Carolina, Stanford. Yeah, those are the big guns, but there are a ton of other teams who have been very competitive and might get to that final weekend. We saw Coach Abe, former U Albany basketball coach with UCF, give the Huskies a run for their yeah. money. That was a five-point game. I mean, it's been absolutely fantastic. It's been really fun to watch. It's the most fun I've had watching the women's tournament in a really long time. And look, some of the Final Fours in recent memory have been great. Yep. You had game-winning shots to win not just the semifinal, yep. but then the championship. So the, the games have been good when it's yeah. gotten a little bit deeper. Yep. Now we're just getting better we're games, early more on. competitive games early on. Absolutely. Like you said, yeah, absolutely. A little more madness now as the women are finally allowed to use the right. term March Madness. I had no idea, like, oh, they're not allowed to use What are you kidding me? I know. NCAA, man. And they've done some work this year together. to increase the equality of all of it. And a quick note, Albany will host the men's tournament next year, the women's tournament the year after that. And they've got, obviously, the hockey that. regionals in town yep, this, uh, weekend. this weekend as well. All right, I'm going on the clock here. Here we go. My Popeye's Louisiana Fast Minute. Oh, the convenience of politics. Isn't it wonderful now that New York City decides, hey, you know what? Actually, we don't need that vaccine mandate anymore. Now, and look, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have lifted it. I'm saying they should have lifted it before now, or at least before the city felt the pressure of the NBA playoffs mm -hmm. and even before that, Major League Baseball's opening day looming. Oh, the Mets and Yankees have multiple players who aren't vaccinated? <laughs> Aaron Judge isn't going to be able to play opening day for the Yankees, potentially? Hang on. Let's look at the numbers again. Oh, okay. You know what? That vaccination mandate that was applied to all employees, let's remove it for athletes. Kyrie Irving gets back on the court now for the Brooklyn Nets. A huge deal, obviously, with the playoffs swimming. I still don't think Irving's return or ability to play in Brooklyn is going to be enough to put them over the top to make them real championship contenders in the East. What do you think about that particular point, Ash, that the Nets still are maybe not good enough to beat the Milwaukee's and the Philadelphia's yeah. and the Miami's of the world in the East. Yeah, and I, I think I would agree, but I that really more comes from like the hesitation of Kyrie hasn't been on the floor enough, and even when he has been on the floor, they've lost a lot of games that they shouldn't lose. They just haven't been as convincing as they should have have been with those two guys on the floor at the same time. So I'm I'm with you. I don't think that it's the Nets that come out of the East. I love Miami. We saw them have a few issues last night with the blowing up the benches blowing up and what comes of that, who knows? But I love Jimmy Butler and the squad they have there, Victor Oladipo. So I'm riding the heat, uh, but I do agree that it. I don't think it will be the Nets coming out of the East. Okay. Uh, let's do a quick focus on the games that are going to be played 
on this Thursday night in the Sweet 16. In the first one of the night here, Arkansas and Gonzaga. We are both on Gonzaga here as the yeah. top seed. If, if we were to get an upset on Thursday, Ash, what team is it? Gonzaga, Villanova, Duke, or Arizona? Which one of those four gets Ooh, upset? And, and I know I'm, I'm calling Duke an upset yeah. only by seeding. Yeah. Texas Tech is the team that is actually favored in that matchup. I was going to say, if you're going to get an upset, I think it's going to be UCLA. But that's not a choice that you gave me. So I will go Duke upset by Texas. Okay, out of the out of the two total days, so in the Sweet 16, you think better chance UCLA loses than Duke? Not better chance. Uh, but I do like that upset. I, I like both of those upsets, to be honest with you. But I just like the way UNC is playing. And... I wasn't convinced with the way UCLA was playing, so I kind of like that matchup for an upset, but I do think Duke also loses. Okay, I'm with you. I think Duke is the most likely of this You're most bunch. likely to fall. Okay. Kansas wins, Purdue wins, Arizona is yeah. the other one where maybe, maybe? I'm hedging a little okay. bit. Uh, but I, I think it's the and Miami Texas Iowa Tech State game. is not an upset one way or the other. I think so. it's I think it's based on seating yep. alone. This is the game where we get an upset, okay. if you will, even though Vegas says, hey, the Red Raiders are the team that's favored in this matchup. And you and I both like Texas Tech in this matchup. We do both like Texas Tech. And the re that's what that's where my brain went more upset was like you're talking about UCLA. Eight, North Carolina is an eight. UCLA is a four. That, to me, is more of an upset, just kind of my brain, the way that that works. But yep. this is a little bit closer, but still would be an upset for sure. All right, earlier in the show, we talked about the fact that Tyreek Hill is now going from Kansas City to Miami. There's more NFL news to hit on, though, here before we say goodbye. Uh, I know I mentioned in this conversation, Devontae Adams going to the yep. Raiders. That was a huge trade last week, obviously. The Packers getting a first and second round pick from Las Vegas to send who I think is the best receiver in football. Mm -hmm. Tyreek Hill maybe is the most dangerous. Yeah. Devontae Adams is, is a great route runner. And he, he can stretch the field at the same time. Does he look the same? With the downgrade that is Rodgers to Carr, as much as I like Derek Carr, yeah, he's not Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so we'll see if he still has the same level of production. That was a huge move mm -hmm. in the NFL. We've got quarterback movement, though, I mean, as well. Baker Mayfield's still out there. Maybe people are going to watch this on Saturday and say, no, Baker no, Mayfield not, now yeah. has a home. We'll see. But we know Deshaun Watson now is in Cleveland. What does that do for you in terms of where you rank the Browns in the AFC? And let's assume that he's going to play more than 50% of the games. I don't know what the NFL will – they're going to suspend him, and it'll be at least eight. But I'm yeah. just thinking it's eight to ten, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, I don't like the Browns. I still The Bengals, for me, and the Ravens are still the best teams in that division. Yep. Uh, I don't think the Browns are any better, though – yeah, I don't think they're any better, especially if he doesn't play half the games. He's a dynamic quarterback, but you've now lost Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. That team is going to look very different than the one that Baker Mayfield had a season and two seasons ago. He's a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. It's just going to be a matter of whether you're getting him on the field or not. Now, do I think it's a mistake? Yeah, I think it's a mistake to make the guy the highest paid player in the NFL by Cleveland. I mean, the guy's going to get $230 million of guaranteed money over five years. That, that to me, is a mistake. Uh, but 
Good for the Browns. I'm not sure that Baker Mayfield finds a home. We got Matt Ryan going to the Colts, which is a move that I absolutely love for both parties. Because if I'm Matt Ryan, I'm not happy that my team wanted to go out and get Deshaun Watson either. I want out. He goes to, to Indianapolis, and that feels like a good fit for Indianapolis. Yep. Baker Mayfield didn't feel like a good fit for Indianapolis because he's a little bit of a gunslinger, run-and-gunner, and the Colts need a consistent kind of steady hand, and I think they get that from Matt Ryan. So I like the move of Matt Ryan to the Colts even better than I like Deshaun Watson to the Browns, to be honest with you, because that is just so unsure of what happens there. And where does Baker Mayfield go? I don't know. Let's talk it out here a little bit. I, I think, hey, how about in the division to Pittsburgh, let him compete with yep. Mitch Trubisky. Yep. But it feels like the Steelers are, hey, we are we're good with Mitch, mm-hmm. and we're going to draft a guy. Yeah. So we're going to let Trubisky start unless the rookie we draft in the first round is lights out in training camp, and then he beats Trubisky for the job. But it, to me, it feels like Pittsburgh is going to ride with Trubisky and whoever they draft, Malik Willis or yep. Kenny Pickett, in the first round. So Pittsburgh's out. What other teams really need a quarterback? Jameis Winston back to New Orleans. Right. And my thought was initially he's coming off an ACL tear, but you're now paying him two years, $28 million, I believe it was. That's too much to pay a guy who you're not sure is going to be a healthy guy. I love Baker to Seattle. That's one that I think would work out perfectly. He's a good fit for them. He's similar to Russell Wilson in a lot of ways, I think. Uh, can do some of the same things. So that might just fill that void. Seattle's not very good otherwise, though. They've got a lot of draft picks to use. (laughs) And I don't think Houston is interested in winning a lot of football games. No, and I don't think Baker's interested in going back home, which is kind of surprising to me. But, yeah. yeah. Well, he caught a lot of you-know-what, I think, for going to Oklahoma when he did. That that caused an issue. Yeah, Um, get over it. Like, if if you're the people of Texas and you want your football team to win, then you take Baker Mayfield. Sure. I I don't think the organization is interested in winning a lot of football games right now. I think they'd rather see how many can we lose. Right. And then we'll try to build from there. They, they, They have draft picks. Yep. Uh, not even just their own. So can we lose a bunch of games and get a really good draft pick that is our own? Yep. Okay. And I would have said maybe Baker's a good fit to just plug in in Atlanta, but Atlanta went and signed Marcus Mariota to a two-year deal. Interesting. That is not the permanent solution. My guess is he's a placeholder for them to draft a quarterback if they can get one. If it's not this year, then it's next year. But it gives them a couple years to rebuild around the quarterback and then get your quarterback later on. And again, Carolina is one of those situations where I don't know exactly what they're trying to achieve uh, other than maybe get Bryce Young after this upcoming college football season. I have no idea. Um, Other thought here too, Ash, is Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not a bad thought. Where does he end up? Yeah. So we've got moving parts still here to settle this for is sure. the best part it's uh, this is what makes the offseason so great is how teams change and look totally different i mean we're gonna have to get used to quarterbacks and new helmets and new jerseys because it's so wild here's what we know there is no offseason with no. the nfl it is always, always in season and it always finds a way to steal some headlines tom brady couldn't let it happen oh. without him stealing some headlines and so even as we get ready for Major League Baseball's opening day, we're talking plenty about the NFL. Thanks for hanging out, everybody, as we've been live from Tipsy Moose in Albany.